0: Today's episode of the Black Girl Nerds podcast is brought to you in part by Flatiron School is an outcomes-focused coding bootcamp offering the best in online web development education. Lean on instructors for professional support and move at your own pace through their proven curriculum alongside a thriving community of students that are finding their purpose through programming. You can learn to code online, but not alone. And Flatiron offers a job guarantee and comprehensive career coaching. Over 98%, yeah, 98% of graduates accept job offers within 180 days of graduating. If you're listening right now, you can have access to their bootcamp prep course plus $500 off of your first month's tuition. The online bootcamp prep course is absolutely free. And you can go to their website. Visit flatironschoolnerds.com. That's FlatironSchoolNerds.com. Start your free course and take advantage of this discount. Learn, love, code. Welcome to our new podcast, Misty Nights Uninformed Afro. The new podcast series will dive into the origin stories, character development, and story arcs of our favorite black superheroines and characters in comics. These are the obscure stories you don't always hear about. And we share commentary on some of our favorite moments in comics. We're going into deep discussions about Storm, Misty Knight, Monica Rambeau, Vixen, Amanda Waller, Rui Williams, Lunella Lafayette, and the Dora Milaje. The series has two hosts founder and managing editor of BlackGirlNerds.com and host of the BGM podcast, yours truly, Jamie Brodnax. And Stephanie Williams, host of The Lemonade Show. Each episode will reference comic book issues, dates, and creators. That way you can go back and check out the stories for yourself. By the end of the series, you will become a certified expert in the fictional world of black superheroines please subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes. We'd love to hear what you think about the show. See you soon.
1: Hey, I'm Nick.
2: And I'm Victor.
1: And this is Megashane. Megashane is a queer, people of color weekly podcast, and we talk about anything from drag, to comics to video games to boys and anything else in between (laughs) (laughs) so if you want to listen to us we're on iTunes Stitcher and SoundCloud and you can follow us on Megashing Pod and Megashing on Twitter
3: that's right so follow us talk to us we'll be here and we
4: out Shannon CG Lauren and Mel form the Nerds of Prey A group of ladies bonded by comics, gaming, film, television, and fandom culture Hang out with them bi-weekly as they dig into the very things that make them loud and proud nerds Available on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, and Google Play Also, check out their Patreon at patreon.com backslash nerdsofprey
0: Hey, this is Steph Firewell. Join me by Weekly at the Lemonade for All Things Nerdy and Geeky, giving you all the sweet and sour notes from the nerd world, as well as my own special commentary to make this blend lemonade just right. Follow the lemonade at Audio Boon SoundCloud High Bean at the Points of Interest Network, and I'll see you guys soon.
2: Y'all, what's up? This is Akil, the MC from the Jurassic Five, and you are now tuned in to Black Girl Nerds Podcast. Yeah, I like nerdy girls. Hey, everybody, my name's Adina
1: Porter. I get to play Pearlie May in the WGN's Underground,
4: and I'm also on the Hundred on the CW. And you are listening to
0: the Black Girl Nerds Podcast.
4: What's up, y'all? This is Amanda Seals, comedian, writer, and creator of Get Your Life, and you are listening to the Black Girl Nerds Podcast. Khaleesi.
2: Hi, I'm Andre Meadows. I have a YouTube channel, Black Nerd Comedy. Have you heard of it? Don't matter because you are listening to the Black Girl Nerds Podcast, the best podcast in the whole world that I'm doing a promo for right now. Boom. <laughs> Hi, this is Kimberly A. Bear
5: Gregory and you are listening to the Black Girl Nerd Podcast.
0: Hey, this is Jules Smith, creator of Afrocentric the comic and you're
1: listening to Black Girl Nerds.
2: Hey everybody, this is Gary Anthony hey, aka Unkarata. This is no rocket. Alright, now I'm starring at Bebop and Teenage Mutant Ninja Titles Out of the Shadows and you is listening to. The Black Gunner Podcast. Why the hell they let black women have a podcast? How?
4: black
0: girl nerds thanks for tuning into episode 105 of the black girl nerds podcast my name is jamie and i am your host this episode is titled iron fist Kong Skull Island, and TV One's Media. Three segments. In our first segment, we invite actor Louis Tan, the real Iron Fist. He talks to us about the new Netflix series show that's coming up, and he's playing the role of Zhu Chang. And this is an interview featuring yours truly, KB, Karan, and Joy. In our second segment, we invite actor Jason Mitchell, Kong Skull Island is the new movie that is coming out, premiering very soon, and he plays the role of Glenn Mill. This is a one-on-one interview with Karan. In our final segment, Karan joins us once again on a one-on-one interview with three of the cast members from TV One's new show called Media, featuring actresses Penny Johnson Gerald, Christy Ferris, and Jillian Reeves. So that's our show, fully packed filled with talented actors and entertainers who we hope to see more on the big and small screens coming soon. If you have not done so already, please give us a rating on iTunes and leave a review and share us on all of our different platforms on podcast streaming apps. That includes Stitcher, SoundCloud, Google Play Music, Spotify, and Spreaker. Thanks again for tuning in to episode 105, Iron Fist, Kong Skull Island, and TV One's Media. Enjoy! Louis Tan is an actor with a strong background in martial arts and stunts. He's performed action scenes for movies such as Pirates of the Caribbean, At World's End, and The Fast and the Furious Tokyo Drift. Currently, you can see him starring as Zhu Chang in the Netflix Marvel series Iron Fist. Thank you so much for tuning into this special, special segment of the Black Girl Nerds podcast. My name is Jamie. I am your host. Very excited, guys, for this guest because, look, we are looking forward to seeing this man on our TV sets when the Netflix series Iron Fist premieres in March on St. Patrick's Day. And we are very excited to have... None other than Lewis Tan here on the Black Girl Nerds Podcast. Thank you, Lewis,
6: so much for coming on. Black Girl Nerds, what's good? So excited to be here. Thanks for having me.
0: Yes, and we have our special co-hosts, Karan, Joy, and KB. Thank you, ladies, for coming on. Thank you.
6: Thanks for
3: having
1: us. Thanks.
0: So, Lewis, I mean, we are pleased to have you here because a lot of us, for a lot of us, obviously, you are the reason why we plan to check out Netflix's Iron Fist. I just want you to know that you are the sole reason. Um, you and Jessica Henwick. Um, so, <laughs> and 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 if you guys follow at the Lewis Tan on Twitter, you will see these amazing training videos of him prepping for his role, um, and it's under the can't be faked hashtag, which I love. So <laughs> <laughs>
6: I want you to talk about that
0: too, but my my first question is, how did you get started in martial arts and what led you to being a part of this Netflix series?
6: Well, first off, before I answer that, let me just say this. <laughs> I, I have had the best time ever on Twitter because of you guys and because of the fans. I swear, like, I'm I'm laughing every day to myself. And I can't respond to everything, but I see it all, and it really does make my day. Like, it's a joy for me to go on Twitter and read it. And I think for some people, they probably get stressed, but not me. I'm like, because of you guys, it, like, makes my day. So thank you so much. I love you guys. Um we love, as far as, we love you too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, martial arts—it's it's been in my family for years. You know, my father was a, uh, a martial artist. He was a national title uh, winner. So, you know, he was teaching me martial arts when I was just a kid. So we would kind of we, we would kind of use it as bonding time. You know, so uh, he didn't have such such a great upbringing, and um, you know, me and him. So he didn't really know how to kind of you know, connect with me, because I'm, I'm the first of three boys, so I have three younger brothers, and so I, I, I was the first one, the experiment child, and uh, yeah, but he kind of used that time to bond and connect with me, so that's kind of how I started to get into martial arts, and then once, um, once I kind of kind of got more, fe- more, like fell in love with martial arts on my own, then I started exploring different avenues and different styles, and, and now it's a huge part of my life.
0: That's fantastic. What what led you to being a part of the, the Iron Fist series?
6: Well, I heard about the Iron Fist before um, it was being cast, you know, um, and uh, I was really excited because uh, I felt like the role, you know, I mean, that role was just screaming my name. So I, I was just like focused on, uh, I'm talking about the lead, the lead role, Danny's role. Yes. Of course. And, um, what, was, what other role yeah. would there be? Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, I you know, like everybody else was. I think I think that some people kind of got it misconstrued, but you know, the the um, the title role is the role that they usually cast first. So you know, all the other roles kind of come after that. So that was the only role that was on the table at the time. And um, yeah, I was very very focused on doing the best possible job and representing Danny in uh, a way that I thought could be new and fresh. And then, obviously, bringing my own skill set to it. So um, uh, yeah, so I've read for the role, and um, I think everybody kind of knows the story. and it, it was a longer process, a few months process, and I got down to uh, to uh, where they start talking about scheduling, so you know, whatever you want to call that. But um, down to the wire. And, um, it didn't go my way. They, they, uh, they kept it true to kind of how they had it in the comic book, which I, um, I understand. I was hoping that they would mix it up, but, um, it didn't happen. So, you know, um, when they presented the role, uh, for, for Zhu Chang to me, the character was so interesting that, um, yeah, I couldn't turn it down really. I mean, um. I wish I could tell you guys more detail about the character but from the comic book you already know he's a dragon mm-hmm. he's been killing iron fist for a long time he's kind of like an old like kind of spirit in a way like it's a it's it's a very interesting character to play and um uh, there's this image in the comic book of him staring in the mirror and this dragon is in the mirror and he's and it's like his reflection and he's saying yes master and I I looked at it and I was like this is trippy like I think I think I can bring something really, really dope to this role. So, um, and I did. So, yeah, I hope that everybody likes it.
0: I I look forward to seeing your your appearance in Iron Fist. And in addition to your work in Iron Fist, I I see that you are involved in some other works outside of uh, making movies, but you are still tuned to the, the film industry because I recently saw you on Twitter posed in a photo with filmmaker Lexi Alexander and (laughs) and you published like kind of a cryptic tweet stating big things are coming so can you tell us a little bit about (laughs) what that was all about
6: yeah well lexi's lexi's a beast i mean lexi's amazing she's an amazing person um you guys kind of connected that whole thing i don't know if you guys know that but um yeah you guys kind of were the ones that were throwing that out there and um i actually had never heard of lexi and um And somebody, you know, put me on to her on Twitter and I started being like, oh, my God, like I know all her work and I have no idea why I haven't heard her name before. But, you know, there's a ton of people out there in the business. And then it turns out she's actually a martial artist herself. We have the same uh, some of the same senseis because because when I was uh, doing competing in kickboxing, my sensei was P.D. Cunningham, and so you know, I told her that at, at uh, over lunch, and she was like, "What? You better text him right now." So I'm like texting him, and we find out that we have all these crazy connections, and um, yeah, we just hit it off. But um, the reason why we met is because, well, you know, we're both we're both advocates for the same type of causes, and um, mm-hmm. I think it's incredible. I think she's an incredible director, period, and the fact that she's a a, a woman you know an ethnic woman on top of that i'm just like i'm I'm all in you know like what are you doing and she was like what are you doing so me and her um i had a project that i've been working on and preparing that uh i'll be able to share with you guys probably around the end of march and um lexi and i uh are are in talks about making a collaboration happen so wow. you know um i don't want to say if anything's confirmed yet but i tell you what we're good friends and um and we had a great meeting so uh so let's see. I'm hoping that it does come together. And if it does, you guys like get to take credit for that cuz seriously, someone like I mean uh, I think I probably had like I don't know, like 200 tweets that day trying to like get me and Lexi to to meet or like to 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 collaborate. So that's how that happened.
0: That's awesome because Lexi is such a huge advocate on social media and and I see you very connected on social media. And I was curious to know as well, like, what were your thoughts about hashtags like the white washed out hashtag and most recently the thank you, Matt Damon (laughs) hashtag Uh, that um, the Asian American community has rallied for to try to say very loudly and very proudly, like, look, uh, we need to be represented in media and our voices are marginalized and need to be heard. So I was just curious to know what your thoughts were about using social media as a tool uh, for representation and diversity
6: yeah well I think you said it I mean I think you nailed it right there I mean social media could be kind of a, a destructive thing and it could kind of pull people apart in this weird way you know that everyone's experiencing this is new for everybody you know I mean this didn't happen before and life life has changed because of social media or, or the way we communicate and I think that what it has done is been able to empower people and show so many people that look we all kind of agree everyone was kind of thinking this but now we can just we can say it. And we can, I, and I can hear from all these people across the world, you know, in an hour. And it's just crazy to me. Like the amount, the way the information is flowing is just crazy to me. And so, yeah, what it's done is kind of open up a a conversation for everybody to, that feels unrepresented or that feels like, you know, they're not deserving of being the love interest or the leading role or, or this and that. And, um, it, it happens to be a lot of the Asian American community, a lot of the, uh, you know, uh the black community a lot of the hispanic community a lot of the indian community you know a lot of women and it's and it's kind of like we're we're all feeling the same thing like we're all in the same kind of boat and you know if you guys it, it's crazy that you guys are rep for us and we'll rep for you and like we all start repping for each other and it's just like that unity is so powerful and to see it and to read about it i mean it's just very inspiring to me and i think it's one of the the most beautiful things that's came about because of social media, in my opinion.
4: It's beautiful. KB. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, KB here. Um, So just to go back a little bit, um, you know, you talked some about your role um, as as Zhu Cheng in Iron Fist, but I have a question for you. So were you always interested in the comics? Did you read them prior to getting this role? And what do you think fans will be surprised by in this version that you're bringing
6: to life? Uh, No, I, I had not read the comic book until I heard about Iron Fist the first time around. Then I bought the book. So I actually bought The Immortal Iron Fist comic book it's like mm-hmm. a giant it's like two giant books yep. i thought that was the entire thing somebody like checked me the other day <laughs> no. I, was, like, I, read, I was like i read the entire thing and they're like that's impossible like and, and they start like <laughs> wrapping off all these different, like, oh shoot because i didn't read the whole thing i only read the immortal iron fist so that's all i know um but even that the storyline is dope the storyline is crazy there's an asian iron fist and he's in like western times yep. there's all this craziness in it and um yeah, yeah, no, I thought it was amazing. What was your question again? I got, I got off on it. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's okay. I said, so, um, you know, like, what kind of twist do you bring to the character? Oh, what yeah, do you yeah, think
4: yeah. fans will be surprised by
6: in this version that you're bringing to life? Well, I'll tell you what. I think whenever you see him on, on screen, um, he really stands out. He has a lot of uh, very dark and, and kind of comedic and interesting characteristics about him. Um. I can't give it away due to legal purposes or else I just would because I don't care, but uh, (laughs) like, you better not say anything. So, you know, uh, yeah, no, I think like, like I said, when I read the role and the description and the breakdown and I looked through the comic books, I was like, man, there's so much I can do with this character because I'm used to playing, you know, gangsters. And, uh, you know, villains on all sorts of different shows on every freaking CSI there ever was in every state. It's like, like, you know, and so I, I get this character and I'm like, well, what am I going to do with this guy to make him different? What am I going to do with this guy to make him interesting? Maybe it's something with my body language, maybe a different voice, maybe, uh, you know, some weird kind of like a character quirk that I can think of to make him interesting, to kind of bring him to life. But with with Zhao, it was like it was all laid out in front of me. I had like six things to do. And then I was like, oh my God, I'm so excited. So uh yeah, I think people are gonna be pretty stoked on it. And then I'm fighting myself and doing my own my own action. Wow. And uh, yeah, I think I put a lot of, I put a lot of work into it. I was going home every day and just knocking out. I, I wouldn't even have dinner sometimes. I would just sleep because uh sleep and go back to because – if I'm not training, I was I was filming. So it was like filming, training, filming, training. And that was my first time working in New York. Wow.
4: OK, so, you know, you spoke a little bit about your father's influence um, just on you in terms of martial arts and, and stunts. So, I mean, were you able to bring him to set to see you kind of do some of those things? And also, how did you transition in
6: into acting? Uh, yeah, that's a great question. These are all great questions, actually. Well, no, my um, my my father couldn't make it because he was working. Um, so if you guys don't know, right, we originally came um, to America uh, from England. Well, I, I, I was born in England. America. Came to America. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Came to um, England for Batman, for the Tim Burton Batman. So my dad was doing the action work on that show. And then oh, wow. he's been kind of working and doing different films, he's worked with Christopher Nolan, he's worked with Spielberg, he's worked with everybody, so, you know, um, I've been living and seeing this since I was a kid, so that's kind of how that came about, so my dad was working when I was filming, unfortunately, um, we, we did try to get him out there, because he's friends with a lot of the action team, uh, hits international action team, bunch of kickass guys, uh, led by this dude, Brett Chan, and um they beat my ass every day and trained me so yeah they tried to get my dad to come out for a bit but he he uh he didn't get to make it
4: <clears throat> wow well, so it, was that natural progression i think like you you basically grew up on sets then really so like is that how you made the transition into
6: acting yeah well you know first off when you're there on and you're in like i was literally sitting next to Steven Spielberg on Indiana Jones Temple of Doom when I was a kid, right? Wow. So like and I didn't know what was wow. going on. I, I, didn't, right. I didn't know who he was. He was just some dude to me, you know what I mean? And uh, and uh yeah, right? That's and true. You at, never knew. <laughs> yeah, you don't know. You're just like whatever. Like get out of my chair. And you're like, "Hey, that's the director." You're like, "Who?" So anyway, um I mean, you're on this set and it's like a fantasy world. I mean, you couldn't you couldn't imagine a better type of way to like, you know, kids go to Disneyland, but this is way better than Disneyland, you know what I mean? So <clears throat> For me, growing up, it was exciting to be around that energy, and I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do or, or how I wanted to, to uh, involve myself in it, but I knew I had to be there. I knew I wanted to travel, you know, tell stories, make movies, and honestly, it kind of all came at once. I mean, I was acting before I was doing stunts, but then I, was, I got some opportunities to go work on some big films like Pirates of the Caribbean, and they were like, you want to go to the, you know, the Bahamas to work? And I kind of wanted to stay in um, and uh, study and study acting, and um, but my dad was like, "Look, this is film school." He's like, "Go there, learn from Gore Verbinski, learn from Johnny Depp." He's like, "Go there and just and and uh, be on the action team and study them." And so I did. So and then that's kind of how I started um, in the stunt work, and um, then eventually I just kind of said, "All right, I, I've I've had enough of that, and um, I'm gonna go, you know, ten thousand percent." into the acting game so started doing plays you know John Patrick Shanley you know what I mean Um, just just doing like you know theater like pretty much all sorts of theater Tennessee Williams all that stuff Um, and um, yeah just really fell in love with it
4: Wow
1: that's incredible (laughs) yeah So, hi, it's Joy. Um, joy. I had a question more about the fighting style. So, obviously, I, too, like Jamie, love the can't be fake hashtag, personally. Uh, So, uh, obviously, you talked about um, bonding with your dad on martial arts. Was there any additional types or kinds of martial arts that you had to learn to prepare for Iron Fist? Or was this just prior knowledge that you've been pretty much
6: doing since you were a kid? No, I think... It helped when I was originally being considered for Danny. I think it helped that they knew I did martial arts. I think it helped a lot. I think it helped a lot when I was being considered for Zhao that I did martial arts. Now Zhao's style of fighting is a completely different style that I have I've never done before. It's completely new to me. It's something different that you don't see a lot on screen. So um, yeah, I had to learn a whole new style. So like I said, you know the hits international team brett chan he's like the 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 big boss of that team he flew me out and they trained me every day and jess would be in there training with us too she's a badass she was like bleeding and sweating and i think you see on her instagram she posts pictures of her like all bruised up well that's that's real i mean she was in there grinding so um so yeah i was in there with them and and uh they would beat my ass every day trying trying to trying to teach me a new style that is a little, a little difficult for me because I'm, I'm six foot two, 180 pounds. You know what I mean? I'm not, yeah. You know, like I'm, I'm, I'm flexible and I'm fast, but I'm not, um, like a lot of these guys. They're all from China. You know, like they're like a Chinese team from China. They've been training since they were like, you know, three years old in these specific styles, and they were trying to make me do all these crazy like back bends and stuff. And I'm like, <laughs> I was going home twisted, twisted up. But it's, so, a, it's 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 a new style but I can't say what it is cuz I would rather have fans be surprised. I rather I know I don't know no, in the first, you know, scene or two they'll be like, "Oh shit."
1: <laughs> I highly doubt that. I really Um <laughs> <highly doubt that. laughs> <laughs> uh, so let's pivot a little bit more into the acting side. So, obviously last year was not the most stellar year for AAPI people um, in regards to representation with the issues in in Ghost in the Shell, which I believe you've tweeted about in the past, um, uh, the snafu with with Dr. Strange and even kind of the outcry to have an Asian-American Iron Fist. So what do you hope, since it's a new year now, what do you hope will come this year in terms of advancement of uh, Asian-American and Pacific Islander people in film?
6: Well, you know, like I was saying, like I, I grew up around this. So I've seen it come from the smallest level. And obviously it was happening before I was even born. You know what I mean? The story goes way back to Bruce Lee and even before him. But I've seen my dad struggle. So I saw my dad struggle through his career. And he's a great actor as well. You know, he was in Lethal Weapon 4, all these films. I mean, he's always playing, you know, the roles that at the time – that was all we were getting that was all that was being offered to us were these you know one-off gangster roles or one-off villain roles or fifth best friend roles like that's just what that that's just what we were getting offered um so we take what we got you know but um yeah i mean you know it's it hurts to see these type of things happen and these type of castings happen but i at the same time i do understand because i've I've lived this already since a kid. I've it's a business. And there's a lot of different levels to go through in order to make these things happen. Now having said that, because of you guys, I swear I'm not even like I'm I'm not trying to be biased or anything, but because of you guys, because of fans, cuz of social media, cuz people are speaking out, people are starting to listen. Like I'm getting calls from studios from 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 producers offering me stuff that you know, they might not have offered me if if this was a few years ago and no one was saying anything about it, you know? So I think that the fact that people are being vocal and we need to keep being vocal is super important. And, and your voice will be heard eventually, but it takes a while because it's got to trickle all the way down to the, to the, or all the way up to the studios and to the writers, to the showrunners. These people have to start writing roles for us, mm-hmm. but in order for them to write the role, they have to see it, right? Like you can't see what, like you can't write something that you've never even seen or thought of. You know, like you have to start seeing these things in your head, like seeing these people um, performing in, in, in great performances. So there's kind of like a catch 22. But the more you talk about it, I think the more the walls going to come down, you know. And uh, that's one of one of my goals in my career is to um, help that in any way I can. So that's why I'm vocal about it. And that's why I, I'll talk about it forever. I talk about it now. I will talk about it you know, when I'm making a hundred million dollar movies in a few years from now.
3: Lewis, this is yes, Karan. This,
5: mm-hmm.
3: this is Karan. I'd like to know how much time you actually spend training. And what do you do when you're not training?
6: <laughs> well, that's a very, you put that in a very sweet way.
3: Why, thank you. Uh,
6: <laughs> <laughs> this made me feel, feel very comforting to hear that actually. Um, the way you presented it at least uh no I mean I I train a lot I train I train six days a week you know what I mean I I do different styles of training but I enjoy it it's a it's a stress relief for me I I leave my phone at home or in a locker and uh it's kind of like a time of meditation where I get to be just one with me and my body and how I move and it's very it's uh it's a meditative process to me as well as it helps me let out aggression and you know, and, uh, get that out. So I'm training a lot. I'm training every day. I'm training a few hours a day. And, um, when I'm not training, um, when I'm not training, (sighs) I mean, this is a grind. It's a 24 seven job. You know, I'm, I'm less, as soon as I get off the phone now, I'm going to read a script and I'm going to, you know, I I got a meeting at 10 AM with some big producers. So that'll be my night. Uh, maybe I'll get to, to, uh, listen to some music and I've been playing the piano a little bit here and there so you know yeah (laughs) yeah because you know I do so many so much martial arts my hands are starting to feel uh just rough and like tight and um I love classical music I love jazz blues and like classical music so I've been trying to you know I don't know just do, do something different do a different exercise so um I've been messing dabbling in the piano and It's pretty fun. You saw those videos?
3: I did. I was very (laughs) impressed.
6: Yeah, that was like take number 45.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I I, I did did notice your hands because it does, you know, help to increase your manual dexterity and just kind of get a different kind of circulation going with your hands. But I was really impressed with you having such a short period of time.
6: Thank um, you. I appreciate that. Yeah, I, I don't have such awesome. a beautiful vocabulary as you, but the manual dexterity, that is what <laughs> I'm trying to do. So, me, my hands just feel tight, and I need to stretch them. But, yeah, you nailed it.
0: Nerds forever. <laughs> I love how this always... hand conversation is going on, by the way. Right, right.
3: <laughs> All about the
6: hands.
3: Yeah. You are always... I, I do watch your, your your videos and your Instagrams, and and you are you're very strong, you're very graceful, but you're also very positive and very direct, and I love that about you. What do you hope will be your legacy, not just as an artist, but as a man?
6: Man, you guys are hitting the heavy questions today.
3: <laughs> <That's> <laughs> but, <what> we do, <laughs> you
6: know. That's good though, you know. Like, why talk about a bunch of BS, right? I mean, um, that's a that's that's a loaded question, you know. I mean, I think that it always changes as i change as a person like i'll look back in 10 years from 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 now and i'll be like man i had different goals you know um but one of my consistent goals i want to be i want to be someone who's looked at as a leader who's someone who who who's a positive influence just you know in general and then also for for men there's not a lot of influences that i can look at as a man and be like this person is cool like this person influences me you know what I mean? There's very few of those guys out there today that are older. And I think that that's uh, important to have those type of role models. So if I can help and um, inspire other people, then that will make me feel good. If I can be a loving person and just understand, understand life better as I grow older, that will make me happy. Um, things like that make me happy. You know, I want to have a family one day. Um, so that, that would be my man legacy uh, as far as my work legacy you know i'd like to take it to the top i have no plan b like 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 i tell everybody you know that's I love
3: that they I mean,
6: always make fun of me about it but, but that's like my motto you know i yeah. have no plan b it distracts from plan a i think will smith that's right that's said right that. yeah i think will smith said that years ago and i was like that's it like I, i connect with that so much and um yeah i want to take it to the to the highest level and eventually want to direct my own movies, write, write, direct my own movies and act at the same time and just uh, and uh, tell tell good stories that help people.
3: I'll be watching and not in the stalkery kind of way, but in a loving way.
6: <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. I'm feeling the love from you guys and I do appreciate that. I think it's amazing. And I'm so like actually overwhelmed that, 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 that you guys support and stand up for the Asian American community and not just me, but the whole community in general, you know, like, thank you guys so much. It's, that's amazing.
0: Damn right. Yeah. Well, Louis, thank you so, so much. It's an honor and a privilege to have talked to you today. And
6: I thought we were going to talk about Oscars.
1: Oh, yes. Oh. Hey, yes. Let's get into I want
6: to hear, I, I want to hear Oscar choices from you guys real quick, because I've talked a lot. Let me hear some Oscar choices from you guys. Is that okay? Of
3: white course. White people, white people, white people, sprinkle <laughs> of black and white people.
6: Oh, goodness.
4: Sprin- <laughs> oh, my God. A sprinkle of color. I read
6: something today that like they were saying that the, uh, the girl who did the sound editing for La La Land is Asian, right? And if she wins, she'll be the first... Asian woman to ever win or something like that.
2: What? I, I don't
6: know really? how factual that is. I, I did not Like I said, that. I read it online, so it could be a lie. It could be false. But um, that's what I'm I'm I read. I'm
3: going to for her like then. I'm going to root for That's the only I one mean, I, La La Land I will for.
0: <laughs> and it's sad. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if that's true just because, you know, you don't hear about Asian American actors or... Uh, directors or folks that are in the crew positions being nominated for these kinds of roles so I mean I hope that's not true but sadly that that wouldn't be surprising I mean
6: thank god there's more uh, from the amazing artists in the black community this time around but still yeah in my mind I'm like but still what about all these other years and then you know don't even get me started about the Asian Americans because we're not even there like we've never even been there yeah yeah, you know, yeah. I, I see it from my from my street. <laughs> I've seen the Oscars <laughs> on my street, but where we, where are we at? I mean, right. we've got that's Dev crazy. Dev Patel with uh, Lion, I think. With
0: that's, Lion, that's about yeah, it. yeah that's yeah. about it. Just Dev,
6: yeah. yeah. That's dope. Dev is dope, and I hope that um, I hope he gets his respects. You know, I saw Lion. That was a that was a moving film, but um, it's about time. There's too many. There's too many good artists now to to t- to be ignored. You know what I mean. Right. And it's not even like a race thing. People are like, oh, it's a race thing. It's like, no, it's not a race thing if you look at the work. Like, look right. at the work. Just look is at the good, work. Look at the right. work. Is yeah. it is it good work? Okay, then give it its due. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. And something that's just new and refreshing and not the same right. cliche, carbon copy stuff that we see all the time. I mean, La La Land, for the most part, people thought it was a really good film. Other people, not so good. But it's a movie about Hollywood. And how many times have we seen that over and over again at the Oscars? Yeah.
6: I mean, a lot of people are, 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 are copying the same type of formulas, but a lot of times they're missing out too, though. You know, like you see them go, uh, go bust at the box office. Like, look at what happened with uh, the Matt Damon film. You know what I mean?
2: Right. And,
6: um, I know it still made its money and, and, um, they still got a little bit of money back here and there. But Mm -hmm. when I'm reading reviews saying it's a bust at the American, domestic market. I'm like, really? I'm like, okay, well maybe someone's listening now. Maybe they go, Oh, that's not what we want to see. You know what I mean? Yeah. And honestly I'm I think not, I'm not can... trying to just pick on that film, but it's just it's just uh
3: There's so much there though.
6: Yeah, yeah.
3: And people it's, are tired uh, of seeing think... whitewashing.
0: Oh
1: go ahead. I was gonna say honestly I think people also didn't see it uh Mad Damon's pony cell was really tragic in that uh <laughs> yeah. cover <laughs> y'all have seen that ponytail. So it was
6: rough it was really bad <laughs> well i'll say this it's a new frontier right now because uh the the chinese box office is like killing it so you know all these amazing movies are going over to china and they're making a ton of money so studios are going oh wow like the chinese market is beating the domestic market and they're actually like funding all the, you know they're paying for the movies back you know what i mean it's crazy like 75 million 100 million 150 million just in china alone i mean that's all the studios really care about they just care about you know how their film is doing and 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 the money so now that that is actually a reality maybe they'll go hmm maybe these people (laughs) maybe these chinese people want to see i don't know chinese people and we, right, right. Right,
4: right. Like maybe they want to see themselves represented on screen yeah like
6: maybe they want to see themselves there like maybe we should should do that now that they're paying for all these movies you know what I mean exactly. crazy yeah. Me.
4: yeah it's interesting that they haven't thought about that yet
6: well I think they, they are they think until,
4: well yeah because of money now but I yeah, mean exactly. this should have been happening
6: years ago mm-hmm. end of the day that's what it is but it's all good baby it's all good <laughs> we're here we're <laughs> say here. that one more time Bye. I said, it's all good, baby. We're not going anywhere. (laughs) We're not going anywhere. here, And we're going to keep doing our thing. Am I right?
3: Yes. Yes, Absolutely.
6: Damn right. Fighting
0: the good fight every day. And we look forward to seeing you in more films and more TV properties and being able to see the work that you're creating. um, I, I really hope to see more of that. And I really hope to see you. In person, hopefully at Universal Fancon because we yes! want you as a special guest. I keep guest. hearing
6: about this. I keep hearing about this Universal <laughs> Fan Con thing. Well, you know what? Like I told them, if I'm if I'm available during that time, I'll I'll be there. Okay. But um, a- April's a hard time because February um, and March is when they're doing a lot of the casting right now. Like I'm I'm busy every day, so something's gonna connect. And it's most likely going to shoot end of March during April, you know what I mean yeah so but but if I'm not if I can make it, I would love to go because i have, i have i mean it looks crazy, and I have no idea I've never been to any any of those type of things before, so I would love to
0: oh, you'll be going to a lot soon
6: I'm ready to go and just oh. hang out though <laughs> I just want to go you know, i'll do I'll do a panel or whatever, but I just want to hang out with everybody and just like talk about you know nerdy shit and movies that's what I want to do so
0: nice. <laughs> You're our kind of guy. You're our kind of guy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So thank you so much, Lewis, again for for coming on our show. And please let our listeners know where they can find you on the interwebs and give out your social media handles.
6: All right. Well, my phone number. No. (laughs) So we'll take that too. (laughs) So yeah, you can get uh, if you want to check me out on Instagram. It's Lewis Tan official. that's just pictures, obviously. Twitter is uh, Lewis, the Lewis Tan. And uh, yeah, that's where you can find me. If not, you can catch me on uh, the Netflix Marvel's Iron Fist show, kicking ass, taking names, and being yes. people up. Yes. Uh, black, black girl nerds run the world, man. And um, I'm like so grateful that you guys have me. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you, Lewis. This is great.
6: Thanks. It was. <laughs>
0: Jason Mitchell has had roles in films such as Contraband and Broken City. In 2015, Mitchell played Compton rapper Eazy-E in the biopic Straight Outta Compton, with his performance being met with significant praise by critics. In 2016, he appeared in Keanu, alongside with Keegan-Michael Key and Jordan Peele. Currently, you can find him in the film Kong, Skull Island, where he plays Glenn Mill alongside a large superstar ensemble cast that includes Tom Hiddleston, Samuel L. Jackson, John Goodman, Brie Larson, and Corey Hawkins. Take a listen.
3: Hey guys, this is Karan with the Black Girl Nerds podcast. Many of us have come to know Jason Mitchell from his breakout role as rapper Eazy-E in the biopic Straight Outta Compton. His performance was remarkable and met with critical acclaim in his portrayal of the legendary rapper. Now Jason not only takes on a new role, but a whole new world in Kong, Skull Island. Jason, welcome to the Black Girl Nerds Podcast.
2: Thank you. Thank you for having me.
3: First of all, I'm going to get my fangirl moment because I'm a black girl and I'm a nerd, sir. All right. You as Easy e brought me to tears. I oh, grew Thank up you. when they did, and hip-hop is my hood, so it is an absolute pleasure to have this time with
2: you. You are just Thank dope. Thank you.
3: You are so welcome.
2: Thank you. Thank you so much. You got me blushing right now. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I'm full of gratitude for that performance and for you being here.
2: Oh, man. Thank you.
3: So to say this is just another film is pretty much a gross understatement. King Kong right. is one of the most legendary monsters in our cinematic history and has been a cop, pop culture phenomenon since the 30s. And you play Glenn Mill. Who is he in this uncharted world?
2: He is very much what with, with, with the outside world would be in a situation dealing with Kong because I am a, a well-decorated sky devil which is a helicopter pilot that just left the Vietnam war and we get this this mission to you know go to this island that's never been touched or anything like that and i think it's a bad idea <laughs> <Altogether>, like, <laughs> I don't think we should be doing this, you know, like maybe it's because I'm me or I'm black. I don't know. But I, I feel like after your survival, war, maybe you should go home, you Probably know. Sure. Yeah, scared, <laughs> yeah. So that, that that's kind of my character. You know, he never is happy about going to the island, being there. And after he sees Kong, you know, he can't stress how much. They should leave. <laughs> you know. So yeah, yeah. He's he's a cool dude, though. You know, somewhat of a comedic relief, but a, a a very human piece of the pie.
3: You know, one of the most remarkable things about Kong is that his his image, his his presence, um, and and so much that we've there've been so many reiterations of King Kong throughout the years. But the biggest connection is that human connection—the parts of Kong that are human-like versus the monster. What do you right. say about that That fight about nature versus nurture and how we treat uh, creatures that we may not understand?
2: Um, I think that um, they, there's something very powerful said in the movie by Shea Wegum where mm-hmm. he says they don't, sometimes you don't have a, an enemy unless you go looking for one.
5: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, and um, I think that People are afraid of change. People are afraid of things that are out of the norm, you know, especially when you can't talk to it or you can't ask it how it feels or anything like that. But I think what, what makes this film so special is the fact that for once you don't, you don't find a Kong that cares about that type of thing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He's the top of the food chain and you have to respect him as that. You know what I mean? And I, I think that's really, really dope because he doesn't have a negotiating type of attitude, you know? It's either you you handle things the way they're supposed to be handled or it's gonna be a very bad situation. <laughs> you know? So um that's that's really cool. You know that that we have that in our in our film.
3: Now, this film was remarkably shot across three continents, and this time, you know, Kong doesn't come to us. We don't bring him here. We go to Kong. So what exactly right. is Skull Island?
2: Skull Island is an in, in untouched, unmonitored place. Well, this unmonitored island that has not yet been discovered, but houses a world of monsters, you know, a place that... That the rest of the world would be if it hadn't touched modern-day technology, so to speak, you know So you go there and you see these mixtures of Vietnam and Australia and Hawaii that we've you know turned into this Very spectacular but very eerie island. You know what I mean? Like it feels like It could be real. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's 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 so dope because we weren't just bound by green screen and all these different things. Yes. We actually got to go to some very beautiful places, that was remarkable. you know, like, yeah, it was, it was, it was just, it was crazy. Like places that really, I remember one day on set where we had to take three boat rides. Like we had to change boats three times in order just to get to set. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm, that's how mm-hmm. untouched some of the places we were going were. you know, and that's, that's very, very, very special.
3: Now, the film tells, this story is a new story of of Kong, and it tells the story of man versus nature and the nature fighting for its own survival. How is this battle treated differently than what we've seen before in uh, in films or or stories about Kong?
2: Well, I mean, for one, like, everybody views Kong as the king. Mm -hmm. But the king of what? You know what I mean? For once, you get to see kong in his element you know what i mean instead of kong being the one flashing out and 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 you know being very upset that he's not in his own territory he's protecting what's his you know what i mean he's he's um he's the judge you know he's the god of the island and um it's so cool to see him not afraid you know what i mean and and and, just very much in his own element, and it's like it—it it scares the hell out of you. <laughs> you know, it scares the hell out of you.
3: It's equally beautiful and stunning as it is terrifying. But where are you from?
2: I'm actually from New Orleans. Ah. I'll be working on my accent a little bit. So I, people, it's sneaking out a little bit here all. and there. I can hear just a little bit. You—you good? You good? <laughs> yeah, I'm from New Orleans, Louisiana. um I'm a, a proud Holly Grove representative, you know, me and Lil Wayne from the from the same neighborhood. Yeah, so yeah. Apparently, we breed them.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Lots of great, great talent coming out of New Orleans. Now, yeah. this is Black Girl Nerds, and I, I wouldn't be who I am, and this wouldn't be what it is if I didn't ask you about your nerd behavior. Where does your geek go?
2: You know, my geek normally goes to, like, because I'm a music lover. You know what I mean, mm-hmm. and I, I really, really, really love music, but sometimes I really nerd out and like listen to things that people be like, "What is happening?" You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, I, I'll go Twenty One Pilots on you in a minute. I be hear like, you. Okay, I guess you know, <laughs> like we didn't see this coming, <laughs> but I guess you know, but yeah, that's 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 my nerd most of the time. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm that guy.
3: Now you've had a chance to work with some really uh, incredible artists, uh, but this movie is a ridiculous ensemble cast. What was it like on set right. for you? It was mm-hmm. ridiculous. You got so many, so many of our great American loves of theater, film, and television. It is insane.
2: Right. Like I, to be honest, like when they told me what the film was, obviously, *Conan* Skull Island, and they told me it was a prequel. And then they told me the cast, like who had they had casted already mm-hmm. at the time. I didn't even have to read the script. I don't even care. <laughs> this movie could suck. It is impossible for it to be bad with these people in it. You know what I mean? Like this is never ever gonna happen again. Like talk about the perfect storm. Like I, I can't even begin to say like how I felt when I met some of these people. You know, but they're such veterans mm-hmm. that they know how to break the ice so well. You know what I mean? Sam Jackson, John Goodman, John C. Riley, they already knew that like people were going to be in complete awe of them anyway. You know what I mean? And you, sometimes you don't know what to say saying. things like that. So they're very good with breaking the ice. You know, like I, I believe my, my first conversation with every one of them was a conversation that they started. You know what I mean? Which made me look at them totally different. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. You know, some people say don't meet your heroes; you're gonna be disappointed. Like that's that's BS. You know what I mean? Like these people are the real deal, and on and off camera, that you know they're they're great people.
3: Now, this is Black Girl Nerds, and we are not all black, and we are not all girls, and we've okay. seen a lot lately about Black Boy Joy, about the camaraderie amongst our our men, our young men. Mm -hmm. Do you have a Mm -hmm. word, a positive word, or something to contribute to um, our young women and our young men who are out there, who maybe aspire to uh, the heights of Kong, if you will? (laughs) Right,
2: right, I dig it. Well, um, I I look at it like this. I look at it like, you know, energy is a big thing. Mm -hmm. And whatever you put out, you definitely will get back, you know what I mean? So, like, so many people, they, I don't want to say they hate on each other, but they don't challenge each other to bring out the best in each other, mm-hmm. you know? And as young people, especially as black people, you know what I mean? Like, we have to make a stand for ourselves, you know what I mean? But at the same time, we have to be able to come together and 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 let each one teach one, you know what I mean? Absolutely. And and let all the heads come together and make that become something great, you know? Because, I mean, as crazy as it sounds, you know, when people are like, oh, together we stand and divided we fall, you know, like, it, it sounds crazy, you know what I mean, until you're you're that lonely finger, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But in order to be a fist, it, it got to be like a handful of people, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I I definitely think that, um like, I feel like dreams are for sleepers. If you should plan, you know what I mean. Just try to plan something. Try to execute something. Try to start somewhere and finish somewhere else. You know, and and bring and bring some good people along with you. You never know what could come from it.
3: Well, I'm for one, I'm excited that you're here. I'm excited about this film and, and what it's about to do to my psyche because I don't think I'm ready. Um, <laughs> I don't think the world is ready. The visuals are terrifying and gorgeous simultaneously. So I, I just want you to know how much we appreciate you and your work and to thank you once again for being here. Where can we find you online?
2: Um, You can find me online at... Uh... Well, Jason Mitchell actor is my Instagram, and that's where I'm mostly there myself. <laughs> Jason Mitch on Twitter, and just regular Jason Mitchell on Facebook. But I'm i am I'm pretty active. I'm uh, Mr. Jason Mitchell on Snapchat. I'm pretty active. You know, I, I try to um, mingle with the fans as much as possible, you know what I mean? Let them know that all this is tangible.
3: Well, as we swoon, we will be clicking and snapping in your favor. Thank you so much for
0: being here.
2: Thank you for having me.
0: (laughs) TV One premieres Media, a new movie from the mind of Radio One's own media maven, Kathy Hughes, and the creator of New York Undercover, about the cutthroat world of major entertainment business. This heart-pounding drama looks at the Jones family, who run the multifaceted Jump Company. And, like any big company, nothing comes easy or without drama. The following segment features actresses Penny Johnson-Gerald, Christy Ferris, and Jillian Reeves. Hey guys,
3: welcome to the Black Girl Nerds podcast. This is your girl Karan, and I have a question for you. What do you get when you combine the world's premier urban media conglomerate and a family of power? You get peak blackness and a new show called Media coming soon to TV One. Executive produced by the one and only Kathy Hughes, Media tells the tale of wealth, betrayal, intrigue, and ambition. And today we have not one, but three of its loveliest stars. Please welcome Penny Johnson-Gerald, Christy Ferris, and Jillian Reeves to the Black Girl Nerds podcast. Welcome, ladies.
5: Hey, Hi. How you doing? Great, great, year. great.
3: I'm going to start with Chris. This show is so beautiful, and it's so black through and through. <laughs> so many of you are our favorites from television and film from everywhere. What was it like on set working with so many of what I consider our national treasures?
5: Well, I mean, what a joy to be able to to watch, to work with people that I've watched on TV for years you know, the people that I've admired um, and then watching them on set, it just, it brought me, it brought my A game up, you know, because it's just, I, there's a, there's a scene in there that I do with Penny who plays my mom and uh, I do something that, you know, black families, you know, you don't get your your face slapped if you do this particular thing. Mm-hmm. And i we we are all challenging one another, and I just wanted to make sure because I know she's a beast on television and film and all of that. I wanted to be a beast with her, you know. So it made me step up my A game. I'm I'm just so excited to be a part of it. I feel so blessed.
3: What was the most significant thing about working on a, a project like this with such a with this kind of an ensemble cast?
5: You know, is many I've worked on so many different uh, TV shows um, to be able to work on a show like this with so many wonderful, incredible actors. Um, and to be able to be an African Amer- on an African-American show, it's just, it brings a different energy um, that I've never experienced before. It really is a fan. It's a really a lot of love. Um, I don't have to censor myself. I can really just be me mm-hmm. the whole entire time. And that, for me, is a blessing.
3: Penny, I'd like to talk to you for a moment. There's been a lot of controversy about the kinds of roles. Well, let me, before I get started, Penny, I just have to tell you <laughs> how huge of a fan I am of yours. I adore you, and every time I see your name somewhere, I am soon to follow. You will always be Mrs. Palmer to me, but I love your work so much.
5: Okay, now you can be my child as well.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I would love to be your child. You have done such an incredible work, and you have such an, an incredible body of work. There's been a lot of controversy about the kinds of roles that are available for people of color, and especially women, Do you think we will ever get a break when it comes to appreciating work for entertainment value versus those voices who say it's not an accurate uh, betrayal or positive betrayal of black life or does it even need to be?
5: I think that we are on the verge of breaking and I think that you can tune in on television and what you see right now are quite a few African-American females leading series. You have Kerry Washington leading a series. You have Viola Davis mm-hmm. uh, leading a series. You have Taraji P. Henson leading a series. So I think we are at the the, the opening. If, if, if I could give the analogy of a birthing, I think the water has, the water broke. <laughs> <laughs> and now it's about birthing. It's about birthing all of these projects with some fabulous actors who have just been in the waiting to be able to sink their teeth into material it's not lack of material it's lack of produced material or material that's been greenlit but I think that we again we're on the verge of something beautiful something groundbreaking and I certainly I would like to believe that media is going to be right in line with the opportunity of not just the African-American females but African-American males and we uh, as quiet as is kept. We have a bit of diversity inside of the, the cast as well. Mm-hmm. We have wonderful players uh, on the peripheral who bring such life to the project uh, so that it is real life. I mean, it's not just the black and white world, but we just happen to be the, um, the lead family in this particular series.
3: I have to say that um, you look like Big Black Money, you are gorgeous, you look fantastic, and you've been in the industry for a very long time. What has been the most encouraging thing about these difficult times that we live in for you concerning the arts?
5: Well, you know, when I graduated college and uh, there were a bunch of agents out there ready to sign you up and, you know, grab you up because you come from some fabulous school, I thought for a moment, I don't want someone to grab me up so that I can be a star. I want longevity. And I, I said, you know, that story to say this I think the key to longevity in doing this is to have a strong foundation. Um, I, I borrow from my Christian foundation mm-hmm. because that's the strongest that I know family first and career. So I feel that I have a support system that is dynamic and that nothing can break me down, because I always had that to fall back on. And not only that, I happen to just be a real person with real issues and real situations that I tend to when I'm not working.
3: Jillian, this next one is for you. TV One has done some really impressive things with their television programming, but your character in this story gave me pause. What was it like to stretch out a bit and, uh, and take this, kind of a this kind of a risk for a role because your character is in the worst possible position for a woman
5: I've seen in a while <laughs> yeah you know it, it was it was it was really um you know I felt I personally felt grateful to to be able to give her a voice you know it was a it was definitely a very vulnerable position even for me as an actress which mm-hmm. I think um, was a good thing because I think she was in a very vulnerable position. Um, we had a wonderful director, Craig Ross Jr., who I had worked with before and I just completely trust. Um, and that made it, uh, you know, 10 times better than, <laughs> than just um, trying to navigate it on my own, you know what I mean, in, in terms of, you know, what I was doing, it, it was registering how big it was you know and I, so I just tried to stay really grounded and and he was wonderful at uh at orchestrating and kind of guiding through that but it was you know it was it was good it was fun and, and like you were saying earlier it it is one of those roles that you know has so many sides and is really um something that you can kind of sink your teeth into and actually work at and And uh, get your emotional life going, and and do the acting work that sometimes, you know, um, you know, if you're in a more straight procedural or just kind of, you know, Mm -hmm. the straight man, you don't you don't get to do those things. So it was really rich. It was kind of an actor's dream to be able to do that. So I'm grateful that I was, um, you know, given that opportunity to really bring Giselle life. How did you get
3: involved with this project?
5: Um, I I actually came on a little bit later. By the time I came on, I think um, I had worked like I'd worked with Craig Ross Jr. on uh, a pilot um, about six months or before this this project came up, and um, and so I was contacted by Twinkie Bird, the casting director, and I sent in a tape, and then uh, I went down to Atlanta, and I think I was shooting within that week. I think I went to Atlanta on like a Saturday, and booked it on Monday, and we were shooting on Friday or something, so it was a very quick turnaround for me.
3: Christy, are you still with us? I'm still here. You play the daughter of the matriarch in the family, but you were the only woman, and the only other woman in the family. Uh, Have you experienced Mm -hmm. the kind of uh, exclusion of being the only girl in a family that expects more of its men? Oh, yeah.
5: I actually have four brothers. Wow. (laughs) So, Uh, Yeah, so ironically, uh, I could relate to some of the storylines dealing with all of the different personalities of all of the men on the show um, and and dealing with my brothers, um, which I really have, you know, a close relationship with them. Um, One thing that I love about media uh, as an actor, you know, my family was very separated. My parents were divorced, and uh, I lived with one of my brothers, and Uh, But even everybody was kind of separated. My mom worked late hours. I was always, uh, you know, doing plays, and my brother was doing his own thing. So what I loved and what I drew from uh, about media was the family coming together and looking out for one another. Mm -hmm. And I think for me, it was great to be able to play that role and to be in that energy and atmosphere because that's what I've always wanted in my life. So I got to live out to that experience while I was doing this movie, you know? And I think that's why I love media and I hope that other families and other people who watch it, they get out of it. Even if they did come from a broken home, I pray that they will do this and want to change and want to do something completely different by sticking together, looking out for one another, supporting them. Even when things are going wrong, everybody comes together and supports. And, um, and that's what I, I got out of uh, working with media. And, but yeah, I can definitely relate to uh, <laughs> being the only female in, in the midst of mid.
3: Penny, this next question is for you. You play with Jackie Jones, the matriarch of the family. Who built this company from a small magazine to a huge conglomerate? So right now we're in Black History Month, just on the cusp of Women's History Month, and this production was executive produced by Kathy Hughes, uh, who is a legend. And I just discovered you and I are homegirls. I'm from Baltimore as well. But what do you have to say as far as the contributions of women in media? And do you have an opinion on our representation?
5: Well, first of all, you're brilliant because you are from Baltimore. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes. So there's a lot of talent from Baltimore. From yes, Maryland, indeed. And Kathy Hughes is one of those people. Yes, too, she is. And she should be highly really celebrated. So I actually would start right there with Miss um, Hughes, who had a dream, a vision. And she was relentless in her quest to see it come into fruition. She gave up things. She made sacrifices. She was out there, you know, on, on her own. Um, she shared a story with me. I, I, I don't really like sharing other people's stories because I like them to be able to do it themselves. But she did share this one story uh, briefly that I'll uh, just share with you where she was trying to get money to support um, this this dream of hers and everyone turned her down mm-hmm. and 50-something people later someone said yes. And so I think that that's what we have to draw on. We have to draw on not accepting no. And that's what women, the strong women who are in media, I strongly believe that that's what they draw on. You don't hear the the word no. You hear until then, you know, um, let me do this until then. It's never going to be no, because we need women in media. We need women in media like we need women to birth the baby so that we have what we call humankind. Mm-hmm. Uh, women are excellent communicators. Uh, women are multitaskers. Uh, women are able to impart knowledge. They start that from from weaning their, their, their babies, Uh I think that um, media is very rich in that. It is supportive of uh, black women. It's, a, it's supportive of women. This, this woman is raising these children after the death of a husband. So I think it's inspiring to single mothers to know that it's not the end that you can raise brilliant kings and queens in your in, you know by, your, by yourself. You can plant that seed and that seed doesn't die. And I certainly hope I answered your question because um, I am not uh, personally involved with anyone in the media apart from those who interview myself Mm -hmm. or if I'm watching CNN. So I don't have the personal um, hands-on answer for that. But I can certainly tell you that my experience indirectly is that imparting knowledge and being able to share that and to educate is a beautiful thing
3: you actually did answer my question brilliantly because kathy hughes if if you're from maryland you know who kathy hughes is if really if you're if you're in media at all you should know kathy hughes if you don't um i remember the stories of her sleeping on the floor of her radio station um to keep it alive and for anyone within the sound of my voice ever heard the term quiet storm that's where it came from kathy hughes created that format i
5: grew up i grew up on i grew up on quiet storm yes you know, and i didn't know that was kathy hughes mm-hmm. and so that's a thing for my for myself which you know it's something that i can say but and i can only say that without feeling really bad about it it's because now i really know mm-hmm. and not only do i know I care to share that because I want other people to know, because I want the young Penny Johnson-Geralds and the young Christy Ferrises and the young Jillian Reeves. I want those young women to know that they can aspire to be almost anything they truly wish. And it just takes a seed, a seed of determination and a seed, a dream.
3: I so agree. Jillian, I'm coming over to you next. You have quite a bit on the table, and I know you also come from theater as well. What's the biggest difference between working on a television project, working in theater, or working in film?
5: I think one of the biggest differences uh, for me is um, in December, we had our first kind of cast screening. Kathy Hughes was was kind enough to bring all the cast together, and and um, and, and we all watched the film together because... I actually hadn't had the pleasure of meeting Penny or pretty much most of the Jones family. I shot for the first two weeks and then they, their family stuff was sort of the last, the last portion of shooting. So mm-hmm. most of my work was with Gare, Dordane, Um Who I love. And Bishop and, <laughs> and, um, yeah, and and yeah, uh, Jimmy Gonzalez, who was great. Mm-hmm. And, and Christy Ferris. So, so one of the biggest differences is not having the, you know, the rehearsal process in the theater and really, you know, getting to know everyone and, and doing that production day in, day out, all the intricacies and and uh, being a part of the whole show um, is just a very different thing than kind of doing your part and not having any idea what, what it's going to end up after everybody does their collaborative part. So theater, the collaborative part is together. Um, and And in film it's 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 piece by piece in collaboration. So you know then after we the director does his thing and the actors do their thing, which has come after the writers have done their thing, then you have the editors and the the composers and and all of those wonderful things. And so it's a bit of you know a bit of a surprise to see how it all comes together. Um, and you have cast members that you never met that, you know, and, mm-hmm. and it's been so great to meet them and know them. I mean, you know, it's, uh, as we've done this part of the process, the promoting for the show. Um, but I love both. They're both really fulfilling, uh, especially this project. Sometimes, um, you know, the, the roles in, 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 you know, in, in, depending on the role, it can be you know, more artistic or less, but in this particular situation, both, um, both, John, both, both, both theater and film have been, you know, are, are, are fulfilling just sometimes in different ways.
3: <laughs> Christy, I know you have to get ready to go, but before you go, I'd love to know what your secret geeky behavior is.
5: My <laughs> like- Secret geeky behavior.
3: Yes, what's your
5: nerd thing? Uh, Something that's nerdy. That's a good question. I mean, I really love sitting down and watching. I really love sitting down down and binge watching different TV shows. Mm -hmm. That is probably. I just love to sit down and do. But if you want to call it like, the geeky side of it, I really like doing a lot of research on black history, on people who are um, who have been an influence in the African-American community over the years. That's usually what I like to do. I like to sit down and do a whole bunch of reading and research and read about, um, for instance, a lady, young lady named... Um, her name is... Uh, uh, oh, goodness. She was actually a slave, and she, she became so many people are coming in. Um, her name is uh, Mary Bowser, and she was a free woman that decided to go into slavery to become a spy at Jefferson Davis's house. Wow. And she really helped win the war, and she was passing information over. So there's little things like that that I love doing research on and sharing that knowledge so that we know we're not just one note. There's so many of us who are, edu- who are educators, who are politicians, who are... Uh, all the things that we always look at people who are in the entertainment industry mm-hmm. or in the, um, you know, um, uh, television, film, athletes, and so forth. But if you uh, really do your research, you will find out that we are significant. We are, we are amazing people, and we've contributed to America in so many different ways. So that's kind of my key thing that I like to do.
3: Penny, I wanna give the same, I want to ask the same question of you. What is your secret nerd mm-hmm. behavior?
5: Oh, sometimes I wish I was a nerd and I'd just be <laughs> funny. <laughs> I can tell you what I, <laughs> I can tell you what I just love doing. I love digging in dirt. Really? Are you a gardener? I just gotten a manicure. I love being barefoot. I am. I'm a tomboy at heart.
3: Oh wow!
5: I truly love getting dirty. I love doing a job. You see, when I was born, my father was so hoping for a boy. He had a girl first and named her right after him. Then he had me and he named me right after him. And he gave me a nickname. He called me the King and Boss. And I thought, why did he call me that? Well, now I'm going to figure it out because I'm dang bossy. And I'm I'm just bossy, and I just didn't know that about myself. But that boyish quality, I think that my dad was so wishing before he had my two brothers, Knuckles and Slugger, uh, (laughs) I think I got that quality, a boyish quality about me that when I am not um, dolled up or doing what it is that I do to make a living, I'm in my gym working out or I'm digging in my dirt or I'm at my farm um, digging in dirt again.
3: I might really be your child except for that gym thing. I might be your child for real.
5: <laughs> well, that you, uh, oh, this is a great opportunity for me to plug my workout program since I do have one. By all and means. 50, yeah, it's a 50-day workout challenge that I actually developed over the years because... Parties would be workout parties, so my girlfriends were like, oh gosh, go will make us work out again. But they <laughs> come because we need afterwards. But a, a few years ago, I came off the road only to find that there were a lot of uh, people who had just turned 50 who were dropping dead, and I said, okay, mm-hmm. that's it. I will put together all of my programs. I won't do people individually anymore. I'm going to put together one total program, and then I'll present it to the world because enough of this already. And so that's, that's Penny. Where can we find it? Pardon?
3: Where can we find your work, your 50-day workout challenge?
5: Uh, you can look it up on Facebook, PJJ's 50-day workout challenge and join us. Um, I
6: sure I
5: oftentimes will. At, the end of the year, yeah. uh, at the end of the year, I often uh, give challenges and uh, I work with my fans uh, around the world. And, you know, we'll do challenges in preparation for holiday and then the new year. And then in June, May, June, we usually do another big challenge for uh, the body for the summer. Mm-hmm. But um, during the course of the year, uh, people contact me and I work them out. I work them out via satellite or um, I send them a program and uh, based on their individual makeup. I I don't believe in diets, and I don't believe that everyone needs to be Winnie. I think everyone needs to be the size that they are comfortable with and most healthy with
3: mm-hmm. and Jillian what about you what's your secret nerd behavior or is it a secret
5: Um. well I am kind of a black girl nerd and I think I probably have always been a little you know even in in high school I was in math club and science club and I, I was a chemistry major once for then it um, and still, I'm really techy now. You know, I can code a little bit. I can break some algorithms. As anyone has a computer or technical or phone issue, they call me. <laughs> so so uh, I'm techy. I went to, you know, in Vegas, they have the big conference every January with all the new electronics. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm all over that. That's my... That's my thing. <laughs> I don't even know if I'm. I'm a secret. Also, I'm a Trekkie. Are you? I love Captain Kirk. <laughs> yes, I. Heard I to <laughs> think Captain Kirk was the most beautiful man in the whole wide world. <laughs> he was fine. I used to take things apart when I was young. I used to, you know, we had VHS tapes, and if one would break, I would like go and. I was young, but I would go and get the screwdriver and take it apart and figure out how to tape it back together and make it work.
3: Would it work? But I kind
5: of have always, like, taken stuff apart. And I, sometimes <laughs> I would take stuff apart and couldn't get it back together. My mother would be very upset. I would take her watches apart. <laughs> like But they offered that to some degree. So I'm not even a secret black girl nerd. I'm just <laughs> a black girl nerd. We
3: like you all out there. We have a we have a beautiful, brilliant audience, of, and all of us at Black Girl Nerds are not black or girls. So we celebrate brilliance of of all women and gentlemen of color. And um, oh,
5: beautiful! Absolutely. The
3: the last thing I'd like to do is to give to give you the floor. I like for Penny for you to go first, and then for Jillian to respond in kind. um, I'd like to give you the floor just to give a word to our our brilliant melanated sisters out there, uh, a word of encouragement. Uh, you could speak about your upcoming projects or even media, um, but just have something to contribute to our listeners.
5: Do you know what you have just done? You have just given actors the format to just talk for hours to <laughs> your audience. <laughs> <laughs> oh. You see, a friend of mine gave me this little picture, and it says actors are adults playing hide and ego seek. So there you go. We could go on and on and on forever. However, I would like to just leave the audience with this. I am so excited about media for so many different reasons, and I would like to believe that's what our audience will be able to receive as well on Saturday, February 25th on TV1 to go away with a sense of pride, a a sense of celebrating your blackness, knowing that the sky is the limit, knowing that you can start alone, but you will never end alone because everyone loves the winner. They will surround you with ideas and don't be afraid to embrace that and don't accept no for an answer. Um, I'm also excited that media... Happens to be on TV One, which is a network that is primarily black, and I'm not saying solely black because it is speckled with um, uh, different ethnicities inside the, you know, the, the outfit. However, it is the, the, the brainchild of Miss Kathy Hughes, who is an African American woman. But because of that. We have to tune in, not just to support media, but to support a network that will be a platform for us to continue telling our stories as we know they should be told.
3: Thank you, and Jillian, you are up next.
5: Um, well, I second everything, of course, that Penny said. I and I and to the women, I also would just say. Um, you know, my experience with media and the character that I play, she, she's a woman who sort of, sort of um, has run herself and pushed us up to the end of her, her rope. And mm-hmm. so, and, and then we see what the consequences are of that. So I guess I would also just encourage the women listening, because we are often the, the superheroes, the super moms, the super employees. We are the nurturers. We, we take so much on. Take responsibility for so many other things uh, beyond ourselves, our children, our mothers, our families. That I would just encourage them to also do some self care, also check in with themselves, um, you know, take care of themselves, um, listen to themselves. That they're, you know, when, a lot of times we get overwhelmed or. Or, or have all of these different emotions that we don't even um, acknowledge or deal with because we're so busy dealing with everyone else. And uh, I, the mental health uh, of our community is a very, um, is a very uh, is, uh, issue that's very close to my heart. I work with an organization called NAMI um, that that provides all sorts of uh, information for that. Um, anywhere, you know, just support groups and and and. Tips and all of those things so I am very big on uh, our mental health and our emotional well-being as women um, because often we don't look out for ourselves uh, so I just hope that um, that would be my my biggest um, advice to them I hope that when they watch media on February 25th that uh, they enjoy it they see some of themselves and all of these different characters um, and that uh, is something that they can enjoy and and just uh, g- have a little getaway from all of our busy lives that it could provide them with that kind of entertainment that they can just escape into it uh, and enjoy the ride on February 25th.
3: I, on behalf of Black Girl Nerds, want to thank both of you. But personally, I want you to know how much of an, an honor and a privilege it is for me to speak with you today, for you to have taken this time for us. I think it's so important that we see... Um, that we see ourselves in each other and in our work. And I'm happy to support this project, but I am so excited that I got a chance to speak to all three of you because that rarely, if ever happens. So thank you so much for being mm-hmm. here.
5: Thank you for having us. Yes. Thank you very much. We're very excited. Thank you for your support. And we will, I will definitely uh, follow you and look forward to seeing all the black owners put that there too.
0: The Black Girl Nerds podcast is produced by Jamie Broadnax. Various episodes are edited by Jamie Broadnax, Mr. Daniel, and John Bauer. The opening theme song to our show is written and performed by Samus. Various instrumentals are performed by Samus, Sky Blue, and Shubzilla. You can find episodes of the Black Girl Nerds podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play Music, Stitcher, Spreaker, and Spotify. That was a HeadGum podcast.